listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The centering text for today is from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. When they found Jesus on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. We continue uh, a sermon series that we're doing here at Abiding Hope where we're looking at what we typically, that what's often called for people raised in a Christian tradition or going to church, something called the Lord's Prayer. Uh, This is a prayer that Jesus taught uh, the disciples when they asked, teach us to pray. Um, It sounds like this, um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as in heaven. Uh, Today we're talking about give us today our daily bread, our daily bread. And let me just tell you the first thing I think about when I think of daily bread, um, I have to go all the way back to a time when I was in uh, Israel and we flew into Israel, we flew into Tel Aviv. It was was about a 13 hour flight. It took forever. Um, I got there and I was jet lagged and I was tired and I couldn't sleep and I had a giant headache and it was like four in the morning and I was like, I'm just gonna get out and walk around Jerusalem at four in the morning because I, I can't just sit here in a room with 10 other snoring college students. And so, so I got up and I went out and I walked around. But I'll tell you what I didn't expect. As I'm walking, I smell suddenly this beautiful aroma filling the streets. And it's because all of the bakers get up early to start baking the bread for the day. And so suddenly as I'm going through, it's just this aroma of baked bread coming in and filling the streets. It, it's so rich. It's so beautiful, that smell. Isn't it the kind of smell that when you smell immediately, you just go, mmm. You can conjure it in your head. And not, and not too long after that, the, the, there were these uh, young, typically young men who started to come out of all the shops and they had these three by three squares on their head. And on top of those squares were stacked fresh pita bread, 
fresh baked pita bread and they're just carrying it along their heads through the alleyways. And it's almost like you can see it's like a cartoon. You can see the smell like wafting off the back of it. And I just kind of like started to levitate and just kind of follow the people around. I mean, you've not had pita bread when you get it out of a bag at a grocery store. You've not had pita bread until you've been in Israel and it's fresh homemade hummus hummus in there with olive oil dripped on top and you take the bead of bread and it's warm and it's fresh out of the oven. I know your mouth's watering, <laughs> right? I know your mouth's watering. The first thing that when we think of daily bread, we think of bread, we think of that which we fill our guts, we fill our hunger and we think, and so often when we think of, we get to this part of the prayer, give us today our daily bread, we're thinking, God, give me something to eat today. Isn't that where you kind of go? Probably where you just thought, God, Give me something to eat today. But that's really clearly not what's happening when we look at a text like this. It's, it's a much bigger, much deeper meaning. And it really addresses a more full and rich hunger than what's just in our belly. You see, this text is a little chunk of text that's through a much longer story. There's this big, long story. It, um, in, uh, right before this text happens, there is this feeding of 5,000. There's feeding of 5,000 people. And, um, and there's these huge crowds of people there, and they don't have enough food. Not every, there are some people there who are hungry. And so, um, and so this young person comes forward and gives what little they have. They said, I have these little loaves and some fish, and that's all I have. Well, Jesus takes this, blesses it, and breaks it. And something miraculous occurs. Something either stirs up in the heart of people where they all begin to share, or something begins to pour out. But then suddenly, everybody has enough to eat. In fact, they have more than enough to eat, and they have baskets left over, and everybody has a full belly. It says right after the story that Jesus gets in a boat and goes across the Sea of Galilee and ends up on the other side. But there are 5,000 people that got a free meal. And they're like, I'm going where he is. And so they follow Jesus all the way around to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And they say, sir, can we have some more bread? And Jesus says, sure, but I don't think it's the bread you think you want. What I want to give you is the bread of life, the bread that brings life into the world. And they're like, mmm, that sounds like good bread. And Jesus says, here's the bread of life, is that you, you follow the way and the teaching of the one that comes, that we call the son of man, the son of humanity, the son of the, of the, of the life, the one who brings all things together, that one, follow that one. And they're like, well, what kind of sign are you going to give us about this? Now, he just fed 5,000 people, right? But they're like, give us another sign. And maybe that sign could include a side of hummus. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> give us another sign. And, and, and it's interesting. It says, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. Did you hear that? And Jesus says, yes, they ate for a day. But, the, but what the, the son of humanity, what the son of life brings, the son of God brings is more than that. It's a, it's a, it'll be like a wellspring inside you that'll well up inside you until it overflows with life, what we call olam haba, the, the life into the ages. It's gonna fill every nook and cranny of you. And they're like, mmm, give us that bread all the time. And Jesus says, it's me. I am the bread of life. Trust me, follow in my ways, walk the way I do, and what you'll experience is life into the ages. 
And the whole group kind of does this. Huh? What we don't see right after that, it wasn't like everybody went, oh, we get it, Jesus. Thank you for the metaphor. They went, what? And Jesus says, you need to consume the way of life that I live. You need to consume the words I am. You need to walk the way that I am. And when you do that, you are going to do it. And they're like, this is really hard teaching. Finally, Jesus says, as clear as Jesus can say, you need to eat me. You need to consume me in order to understand. It needs to fill you from top to bottom. That is what you need. And it literally says many disciples left him that day. It was too hard a teaching. It was too hard. And Jesus turns to the disciples who are left and says, are you going to leave me too? And I love that Peter answers. And Peter goes, well, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life, so... I guess we're eating Jesus. It's this sort of like, just sort of resounding, huh? I guess this. You see, when we talk about daily bread, that's the key word that we, that we need to hone in on. What does Jesus mean by daily bread? Now, we, we think it means what we eat every day, that we have to eat this every day. But we get a clue to that in our text today, where it says that our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, they ate manna in the wilderness. Now, to know this story, um, the people in Egypt were, they were so happy, but they got kicked out of Egypt. No, they were enslaved people doing terrible things and having a terrible time. And they moved out of Egypt and they ended in the wilderness and they were experiencing a deep hunger, a deep thirst. And they thought that they were going to die of this hunger. When it says that God provided them Mana. It says they, wake, they woke up in the morning and the surface of the desert was covered in a white flaky substance. That's what it says, a white flaky substance. And the people came outside and they looked at it and this is what they said. What is it? And guess what the Hebrew word mana means? It means what is it? That's what mana means. Mana means what? I think the best translation is boo? What is that? And they says that then they could collect this and it became their food for that day. And here's the thing. The reason why I call it daily bread is because the manna would only last one day. It would not last any more than one day. In fact, if you tried to collect it, put it in containers and save it for tomorrow, it said it would grow mold and fungus and turn maggoty. It wouldn't last more than a day. And so the people had to learn to trust that the next morning when they woke up, there'd be a meal. And they couldn't do it on their own. They had to trust that God was going to provide for them what they needed that day. Do you see how that works? That this isn't about how much do we need to eat today. It's really saying, what is it that God is going to provide into our lives? What is it? that we are hungry for? What is it that we are thirsty for? What is it that we have a deep well and soul and hunger inside our life for? What is it that we are crying out for that, that we need to have filled? Maybe sometimes that's our belly. Sometimes we're just hungry and we can be thankful and grateful when and if we get the food that we need. But I know that sometimes we're hungry for community. We're hungry for friends. We're hungry for people to gather around us, people that we can trust and people that will love us and people that will see us for who we are. Sometimes we're hungry because we're tired. 
We've been through this over and over again and I'm just tired and I'm hungry to have that season over that I can finally move forward from my stuck place. Or maybe I'm just hungry. I'm, I'm just hungry for some justice for the places in which I see unjust things happen to my, my, my siblings around the world. And I say, when will this end? God, provide what we need today to make that happen. Maybe, maybe what we're really hungering for isn't, isn't just a thing. It's actually the very presence of God dwelling richly in our lives. That filling that hole in us that we're constantly trying to fill with other things, constantly trying to fill with busyness and schedules, trying to fill with making more money or, or, or going on vacation or trying to find the ways to fix us that are out there rather than dwelling in the real life and the way in which Jesus lived and consuming that kind of life into our life that it would burst forth for life into the ages. That to walk in the way of Jesus is to set ourselves down, to serve our neighbor, to heal, to help, to love, to extend our, our own borders of our own lives into the world and say, this is what I want. This is what real life is. And guess what? It doesn't just fill my belly. It fills my soul. It fills my soul. I think when Jesus says, pray this, give me today, God, give us manna. We're called to ask, what is it? What is it that you need today? What is it that you are calling on God to bring into life today? What is it that you're saying, God, today what I really need is this? What is it that you are hungering and thirsty for? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring that to the altar today when we do communion because this is an altar for hungry people for people hungering and thirsting for justice, for people hungering and thirsting for life, for people hungering and thirsting for comfort, for joy, for peace, for patience. This is a table that's not about a tiny piece of bread that we eat that we kind of go, okay, thanks. It is a reminder to us that the way forward is the Christ breaking his life open for us, pouring himself out for us, dying for us and rising for us, just like every seed that was planted to make the flower in that bread risen for you so that you can be filled with real life, eternal life, life to the ages, not some life that starts when you die, life now. I don't need life then, I need life now, amen? Are you with me? I don't want to wait till then. I want life now. That is the promise that God is offering to us at this table and says, when you forget this, when you think it's up to you, when you think it's about what you're doing and what you're about, come here and remember, remember to do this in remembrance of me. So bring your stuff to the table. Bring what you're hungry for to the table. Bring whatever it is that you're thirsty for, that your, your soul deep down inside is saying, I need more of that. Bring that to the table today. and Taste and see that the Lord is good and that there's bread enough for everyone. If you'll pray with me. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, on paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out in good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. In the name of love, whose name is Jesus. Amen.